Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs are based on the ministry of Witness Lee and his 21-year crowning work, The Life Study of the Bible, which focuses on the enjoyment of Christ as the divine life as revealed in the Bible. We hope that through these studies you'll be brought into a deeper enjoyment of the Scriptures and of our dear and precious Lord Jesus. You can contact us by sending email to radio at lsm.org or reach us toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. Now, let's join today's program. In 1 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul confronts the difficult situation in the church there in a very wise way. He first identifies that their problems were due primarily to a shortage of the growth in the divine life. Although they had received the initial gifts of the divine life and the Holy Spirit, they were still infants or babes in Christ. He then unveils to them the marvelous progression of God's economy. First, they need to realize that they are all plants growing on God's farm. Then, that the goal is to be built up together into a building. And finally, that this building is destined to become God's dwelling place, His temple. How about you and me? Have we received such a vision, such a revelation, or are we, like the Corinthians, satisfied to remain in our spiritual infancy and hang on to personal preferences and our own traditions? Ed Marks has joined us for fellowship as we continue on this quite incredible life study we have begun in First Corinthians. Ed, good to have you back. It's been a while, and I'm always, uh, not just myself, I speak for a lot of our listeners too, appreciate it very much when you're able to come by. Well, Chris, I'm really glad to be here. First Corinthians is a special book. Chris, you touched something in your introduction that I'd like to mention to our listeners. You know, 1 Corinthians reveals that there's three kinds of people we can be. And this is at the end of 1 Corinthians 2 and the beginning of chapter 3. We can be a fleshly man or a fleshy man. Mm -hmm. That means we're dominated by the flesh, we're governed by the flesh. Another kind of man is a soulish man. That means you're dominated and governed by your mind mainly, which is the leading part of the soul. Mm -hmm. Our soul is our mind, will, and emotion. But Paul unveils that what God's desire is is for us to be a spiritual man. So when Paul wrote this book, he wanted to motivate the Corinthians to aspire to the growth in life. Like you said, we need to grow in the divine life so that we would be spiritual men. And a spiritual man is someone who's dominated, governed, led and controlled by the divine spirit dwelling in his human spirit. This is the kind of person we need to be. And this is all, like you said, for God's building, which is the body of Christ and consummately the new Jerusalem. So this is 1 Corinthians. I just think it's quite marvelous. Ed, we brought out earlier on, we're in a segment here in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, where Paul has identified a lot of the troubles that were in the church in Corinth and then in those first two chapters, in a marvelous way, pointed them to Christ as the unique solution. But now he comes in chapter 3, and really it's a chapter all about the church, but he never uses this term, the church. Instead, he has these other, we would say, metaphors or types to show aspects of the church, doesn't he? Why don't you review at least these quickly for our listeners? Yeah, it's marvelous that Paul tells the believers in 1 Corinthians 3, us, he says, you are God's farm, God's building. 
God's farm. That could be God's cultivated land. You know, just by these two terms, Chris, to be God's farm, that means we need to grow. We're the plants that we've been planted into Christ. He's our soil. He's our sunshine. He's our everything. And we need to grow with Christ as our life element day by day. And then this is for God's building. Eventually, by the growth in life, we're transformed in life into precious materials, gold, silver, and precious stones, so that we can become the constituents of God's building, which is God's holy temple. This is an organic building, not a physical building. This building is the body of Christ. And consummately, this body becomes the bride of Christ, which is the New Jerusalem. So this is chapter 3. What a vision, a controlling vision, actually, as as Paul develops it, really something that will change uh, how we approach the Christian life and our understanding of the deeper things. Okay, when we come to 1 Corinthians, many people right away think of the gifts. They know that the gifts are an important topic in this book. And in our first segment today, we will touch the gifts, but we'll see significantly that the gifts are actually in three categories in this book. In chapter 1, we saw earlier the what Paul calls the initial gifts. Already we've seen these are primarily these two things, the divine life and the Holy Spirit. And really, these should be what propels us into this growth in life, shouldn't they? Exactly, Chris. And we'll see, as Brother Lee shares, that we need to be those who aspire for the mature gifts, which he'll talk about and we'll comment on. Let's look at a couple of these verses at the beginning of chapter 3. And I, brothers, was not able to speak to you as to spiritual men. This is the term you defined for us a minute ago. But as to fleshy, as to infants in Christ, I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, for you were not yet able to receive it. Neither yet now are you able, for you are still fleshly. For if there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not fleshly, and do you not walk according to the manner of man? For when someone says, I am of Paul, and another I of Apollos, are you not men of flesh? What then is Apollos, and what is Paul? Three things, Ed. We have those who are able only to drink milk, unable to take the solid food, number one. Two, those among which there are still strife and jealousy, And number three, those who are still choosing according to their preference and taste. I am of this one or that one. These are all signs that these are infants here in Christ and not mature, full-grown men. Why don't we join Witness Lee? In this world, you have uh, three kinds of gifts. The initial gift in chapter 1. Then in chapters 12 and 14, you have another two categories of gifts. One is miraculous gifts. Speaking tongues, in healing, in miracles, things like this. Then in chapters 12 and 14, you have other kinds of gifts. I call them the mature gifts. What is this? This is to prophesy. To prophesy is much better than to speak in tongues. Why? Because to speak in tongues doesn't build up the church. But to prophesy builds up the church. If you are going to prophesy something that can build up the church, surely your prophesying depends upon your experience. If you don't have experience in life, you can't. Not prophesy. 
And this kind of prophecy, you know, it is not, thus saith the Lord, oh, after six months, there will be a big earthquake in Los Angeles, and the whole city will go down to the Pacific Ocean. Now, this kind of prophesying, in First Corinthians, the prophesying means to speak for Christ, and to speak for Christ. And you must have that much Christ that you can speak for him. This means you minister him to your audience. Surely this needs your experience. And this is the mature gift. What was lacking in Corinth was the matured gifts to prophesy, to speak for Christ that the church may be supplied and build it up. They all have in chapter 1 received initial gifts, but not many among them have grown up. They didn't grow. They remained in their infancy. Add back on these three categories of gifts here. They didn't lack in the initial gifts. Paul says that right up front in chapter 1. Of course, we see by the time we get to chapter 12 and 14, they had a good amount of these miraculous gifts, but there was a real lack that was affecting this growth, this maturity, wasn't there, regarding this third category of gift? Yes, Chris, this is just so critical. I'm just so glad that our listeners can hear a word like this, Chris. You know, we all, when we receive the Lord as our Savior, Uh you know, we open to him, we received him as our life. And we also received him as the Spirit. So these are the initial gifts, the divine life and the Holy Spirit. All genuine believers have this, right? Right. But now what the Lord's purpose is, is for this life to grow in us. For this life, who is Christ himself as the Spirit, to grow in us, to saturate our inward parts, and to transform us so that we can be built up to be the body of Christ. Well, the Corinthian believers, they were distracted from this. And so their focus was on the miraculous things. We believe God performs miracles, but this is not God's focus. And Paul's focus in 1 Corinthians is not on the miraculous things, not on speaking in tongues, but on building up the church. And prophesying is what builds up the church. And like Brother Lee said, prophesying in the scriptures is mainly speaking for the Lord, speaking forth the Lord, and speaking the Lord into people. And to speak Christ to people requires growth in life. You know, Chris, I would just like to encourage our listeners, all of us need to be those who aspire to speak Christ to people and to speak Christ into people. And to do that, we have to live a prophesying life. Mm -hmm. If you speak for the Lord, the first thing is you have to see something. You know, you're in the Word, you're praying over the Word, you're having a time with the Lord, or you're fellowshipping like we're doing now. You see something. The Lord told Paul through Ananias, he said, I will make you a witness unto all men of what you have seen and heard. So we need a revelation to see the things, the truths in the Scriptures. Then we need the utterance to speak that forth. We need the Word. And this is why we need to read the Bible, spend time with the Lord, Pray over the words of the Bible and pray them back to the Lord. And then lastly, whenever we speak, 
we need to exercise our spirit so that we get the inspiration of the spirit. Mm. So when we speak what we see with the living words of this life under the inspiration and enlightenment of the Holy Spirit in our spirit, that's prophesying. And Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, 4b, this is a great verse, he who prophesies builds up the church. That's tremendous. How can the Lord build up the church? He does it through us. He does it through our prophesying, which is speaking Christ into one another. This is a tremendous uplifting, I think, of the understanding of this practice, this term prophesying. Not just a kind of a funny predicting of events that may or may not come to pass in the future. That's not really what's being emphasized here, is it? Right, Chris, again, God is wonderful. God performs miracles. We believe in that. But it's possible to have an outward miracle and not have a real inward transformation. Regeneration, being born again, and being transformed inwardly, being changed metabolically by Christ, that is the greatest miracle in the universe. How does that happen? It comes from our experiencing Christ, enjoying Christ, and speaking Christ into one another. Tremendous. Let's go on, and we're going to listen to Witness Lee come back to this matter of being infants and the signs that really uh, indicated that that was the condition in Corinth. The Corinthian believers, they all have received the divine life, the Holy Spirit, and the initial gifts, but they didn't go, rather remained in the infancy. And what were the signs of their infancy? The first sign is not able to receive solid food, but milk. We only are able to take the milk. We could not take the solid part of the message. That is something deeper, something practical. We need to get into the depths, not on the surface. Then, brother, the second, because you are so shallow, you never got into the depths of the spiritual things, so still among you, jealousy, strife. I like to do things better than you do. You give a good testimony, I like to give something better. This is strife, and this is a sign of infancy. And then, number three here, exalting spiritual giants. Oh, I like this brother. I like that brother. Oh, this brother speaking. It's very good. What is this? This is the exalting of spiritual giants for divisions. Never do this. In the church life, you shouldn't have any preference. No preference of speaker. No preference of elders. No preference of certain sisters for your fellowship. That is a sign of infancy. These three things are exactly the signs of today's Christians. Well, that was a, an exposing word, Ed. I think his last word here, this is really the condition among today's Christians. I know in this Christian today, I see uh, even evidence of all three of these things. And so it's really... These are symptomatic, aren't they, of a lack of proper spiritual growth. And yet, in many cases, uh, there's not much sensitivity to the fact that these really are an expression of a kind of an infancy spiritually. Right, Chris. And we read the verses when Paul wrote the Corinthians. He called them infants in Christ. Right. 
So here we are. We need to apply this to ourselves in the light of the Lord's presence. Here we are. We're born again. Mm-hmm. We have Christ living in us. We don't want to remain infants. Chris, I would just like to mention something practical for us. In Matthew 13, the Lord talks about the sower going out to sow. Right. And this is the Lord Jesus. He sows himself as the seed of life into us. Mm-hmm. And so that seed needs to grow in us. Well, in Matthew 13, he talks about different kinds of soil, which are the different conditions of our heart. But I would just like to mention one kind of soil he mentions is the soil with rocks. And it says, because this soil has rocks in it, the seed can't take root. Right. It has no root. And Chris, we have to develop a root system in our Christian life in order to grow. And roots are unseen growth. Where does our growth in life come from? It comes from our personal time with the Lord. We all need to have every day a personal, secret time with the Lord where we fellowship with Him, where we read His Word, where we pray, and where we enjoy Him personally and privately. Then we develop our divine and mystical root system in him. We have a secret life with him. Then when the sun comes up, yeah, signifies trials and all kind of things, that sun doesn't become a death blow to us. It actually helps us grow. So we need to take the word as our spiritual food every day. Mm-hmm. You see, yeah. this helps us grow. Number two, if you look at 1 Corinthians 3, Paul said, I planted, Apollos watered. Well, we need to receive the watering, too. Where do we receive the watering from? From fellowship like this. I mean, just listen in this program. I feel I'm being watered. Right. And it's by fellowshipping in the body that we get watered, and this is the way we grow in life, and we grow out of these negative things. Mm. Ed, we mentioned early on in the program this progression in the divine revelation or the revelation of God's economy from the plant stage to the building stage. And ultimately, even this building has a consummation. This building becomes the dwelling place of God. So as we read uh, 1 Corinthians 3, 9 a moment ago about being God's farm or God's cultivated land and God's building, let's add to that now verse 16. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and the spirit of God dwells in you? We want to see uh, how this progression develops in our final portion today. The church is God's farm and God's building. God's farm mainly refers to the matter of growth. God's building is God's goal. So, first say the farm for growth in life, then the building for God's goal to fulfill God's eternal purpose. The building means here, you great believers are all divine, all scattered, because one of you says, I'm of Paul. Another says, I'm of Cephas. Another says, I'm of Apollos. And the fourth one says, I'm of Christ. You see, you're all scattered. But God wants a building, not filled up by a wisdom. But a building dwells, filled up, by the Spirit of God. And then this building, no doubt, needs so many of the saints to build it up. We all have to build this building. We all need to see a vision that 
we are still living in our culture. We are still living in a tradition. We don't actually leave Christ. We don't see this. We heard the messages, but we didn't see it. We need the Lord's mercy. What does mean God's mercy? You know in Romans 9, Paul says, it is not up to him who learns. It is not up to him who wills. But altogether up to him who has mercy. This is Romans 9. Now what is X 9? There was a zealous one for God. I don't believe he prayed a lot. Who was he? Saul of Tarsus. He prayed. But God never answered his prayer. But he was on the way to accomplish what he has prayed. The Lord came. The vision came. And this is the mercy. Don't repent that much. Repenting many times is religious. It's religious. But what is the use to repent if you don't have the vision? What you need is the Lord's mercy. Under his mercy, he shows you something. When you see the vision, that means a lot. What we need is just the mercy to see something. We all must say, Lord, that these days may be days of revelation. Grant us a clear sky that we may see something. You know, at a few minutes ago when you were talking about the real prophesying, you talked about coming to the Lord and to the Word in such a way that first we really get a vision of something from Him. And then as we begin to use the words of the Bible itself to express this to the saints, this is a kind of a prophesying that has a building up. Well, there's a vision here portrayed to us in this whole book, in the New Testament itself, in the whole Bible, and it's this vision of God's economy with the goal out there so clearly before us, this matter of God's building. How desperate should we all be, Ed, that the Lord would really show us this kind of vision to change our living in a profound way? Yes, Chris, we really need the Lord's mercy like Brother Lee shared with us. And Chris, I was reminded of Paul's prayer in Ephesians 1. He prayed for the Ephesians that they would have a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the full knowledge of Christ. And uh, this is verse 17 of chapter 1. Right. And this is an excellent prayer for us to pray, even in a daily way. Father, grant me a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that I can see more of Christ, so that I can know more of Christ, so that I can gain more of Christ and be filled with Christ. Then as we're filled with Christ, you know, Chris, the Christ we see is the Christ we experience. We can only experience what we see. Paul, he saw Christ on the road to Damascus. He saw Christ's purpose, but that vision didn't stop there. That vision, he kept seeing more and more and more throughout his whole Christian life. He is exactly the opposite of a contented Christian. He said, I count everything to be lost on account of the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. He gave up his Hebrew culture, everything. His whole being was focused on the enjoyment of Christ so that he could grow in Christ, minister Christ to people, help them grow in Christ, and then they grow into God's building, which is his spiritual temple, the body of Christ, consummately the New Jerusalem. 
So, Chris, just in the way of conclusion, we need to give ourselves to grow in life and to speak forth Christ into people. This is what will build up the body of Christ as the holy temple of God. Hmm. You had uh, solid food for sure today. I feel like just stepping away from the table of a rich meal. And uh, we hope all of our listeners have had such a kind of feasting. Uh, we all need our vision expanded every day to see more of Christ, to see more of his purpose, and to see that building up the church is really the work under which we all have been called, whether we have a secular vocation or we're serving the Lord full-time. This is the great need in the body of Christ today. Really enjoyed our fellowship and hope you're able to join us again soon. Yeah, Chris, this life study of 1 Corinthians is just tremendous. I just want to encourage our listeners to come back for the next program. Really so. Uh, Ed, I think it's a good time to remind them of our toll-free number. You can contact us and receive for yourself these printed messages. All of these points are developed uh, with a lot more detail than we're able to get into on the radio program, so we hope you'll take advantage of this. It's 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's the toll-free number, 888-543-3788. That is the time that we have allotted today. We uh, will have another half hour tomorrow. We hope you'll join us then. For Ed Marks, I'm Chris Wild. Thank you very much for listening today. You've been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Whether you're hearing this program via radio, online, or as a podcast, you'll find hundreds of audio studies just like this one by visiting our website, lsmradio.com. We also hope you'll email us with your questions or comments, radio at lsm.org, or call us toll-free, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Thanks for listening.